Club, like a cool breeze over the mountains. This is episode four, one step away from 1985. I'm Mike Manzi, and I'm Joey Lewandowski. And unfortunately, for the second time already in the young run of Keanu Club, we've had to skip one of Keanu's credits. He did one episode of a TV series called Comedy Factory in 1985, episode called Fast Food, so you know it's got to be great. Mm. But like Hanging In, which was the first thing he ever did. It appears that Comedy Factory does not exist in any form online, in legal form, in illegal form, not even on YouTube, not even clips. If you know how we could get our hands on his appearance in Comedy Factory, that would be amazing. Yeah, it's too bad. It sounds great. I would have loved to have seen it, but onward and forward we go. Today we're talking about One Step Away, which seems like a Canadian after-school special or TV movie or something, and we're joined by a contributor to Wikia, the fandom site, Mike Flynn. Hello, Mike. Hey, how's it going? Good. So we got a couple of mics here to talk about Keanu in his really his first starring role in One Step Away. If you notice in the opening credits, it is produced by the Film Board of Canada. Yep. That is the production company. It is not a major studio or network. It is simply the Film Board of Canada. It's available in two parts on YouTube. In total, about 27 minutes. I don't know if they're... Like, it feels like there could be more, but it also feels like there isn't necessarily more. Do you guys both think that we got the full scope of the story with what we watched? I think that was the full thing. Yeah, I agree. I think this is all there is. I I have a suspicion that the National Film Board of Canada rolled out a couple of specials. This is the only one that um, Keanu starred in, so I, I didn't try and track down anything else that this... Uh, national production company has produced. What's weird about it is that the pace is crazy and that Keanu for, you know, the second in a row, actually the third in a row, all three of his acting roles in Night Heat, Letting Go, and now One Step Away, he plays like a young punk, he plays like a hoodlum, he plays a criminal, and the whole thing is about him getting into trouble and sort of getting out of trouble and his mother trying to figure out what to do with him. And by the end of the movie, or the end of the episode, there's like three minutes left, and there's like this grand crisis. I mean, we're jumping ahead, but Keanu's like, I'm just going to leave. And then he leaves, and then the episode is over. And so they set up this thing that could be the beginning of the second act, but instead of just the end of everything. So it's just, it's a, it's a strange pace, it's a strange structure, and it's just sort of fascinating to see this half-hour special aired on Canadian TV exist today in 2016. It's extremely bizarre, and you mentioned his fashion sense where he's some kind of punk. He's got this, I don't know if it's like a cross or a diamond, but his... I think it's a cross. That earring doesn't (laughs) fit. It's a clip-on. And and he's got a trench coat that looks like the same one that Chow Yun-Fat wears in a lot of his early movies. He's walking around all cool and badass and he gets the he gets this adrenaline rush pulling b and e's and he starts <laughs> out with that christ statue then right. then he goes to jewelry and he steals uh he steals wonder woman's bracelet well he doesn't steal wonder woman's bracelet and that's sort of important because he really had nothing to do with that crime 
that Jesus' statue is really the only thing that we actually see him steal. And it's kind of weird to think about how actually prolific or deplorable of a criminal he is, because he has this history, right? He's got this track record. But the only thing we really see him do is break into this woman's home, this guy's home, on a dare, we find out. And then he says no to robbing that old woman. So it's, just, it's, it's weird. Like, he's not really a bad guy. He's just caught between, like, a rock and a hard place. He's in a tough place. He's growing up. He's got growing pains, got angst. So much angst. The Jesus statue he steals looks, the place he steals it from looks exactly like Sarah Connor's apartment in the first turn. Well, first, is he breaking in during the day? It seems like daytime when he's in there looking around with his uh, with his flashlight. He's not exactly the smartest crook on the block right. either. He's playing the bad boy here, but you're right. It's puberty. It's all that kind of stuff. It's just being a teen. He didn't even really want to break into this place. He did it to look cool in front of his peers. It was a dare to do it. So. Right, it was a dare. Tell me why you did it, Ron, please. No reason. No reason. Now, what does that mean? That you're crazy? Will you look at me when I'm talking to you? Okay. The guys did that building a couple weeks ago. They dared me. They said I had no guts. You did it on a dare. He, he only got caught here because they hit the same apartment building for like the third time in a month. And this person, whoever lived in this apartment, decided to get like, what did they say, like a laser trip wire or something yeah. that alerts the cops immediately. First shot and of so the movie is the actual device. And then his converse walks across it. Yeah. And so 30 seconds later, the cops are already on their way. And it's like, oh, okay, like he just didn't have a chance from the start. But also, he is committing a crime. He is doing a and e It's just, it's not like he's a good, like, we can't really defend him here. But he's his back's sort of up against the wall, against society, against his friends. He, he's sort of looking down the barrel of a gun from the first scene in this movie. He's one step away. Well, you know, he doesn't have a dad, so maybe he's dealing with those abandonment issues. He's being raised by a single mother who's a waitress, who's going to lose her job because of his shenanigans and he's just got cop in a bad attitude all the time you know like yeah he just needs something to rebel against it's a good thing that the canadian legal and judicial system is extremely friendly if we're to believe from this film the the judge is sort of like okay never let this happen again right he's like yeah you basically have till friday not to get in trouble and uh then i'll sentence you to um community service or something like that and he can't even keep it together for a week no he can't and then he goes to school and this is probably one of my favorite parts because it's got a good keanu freak out comes in he doesn't have any idea that it's a i think it's a math test that he's late for I don't know what that class is. I feel like, I'm not sure, but I feel like the school that he's in, that's just like his only class. <laughs> because, like remedial because, class for because he, you know, he, he, we're going to find out that he's going to flip out. He's going to basically drop out of school. And he goes home and explains it to his mom. And the way that he talks about his teacher, it's like the teacher is the only teacher. Although maybe, I guess you could also interpret it as like, he's the only teacher that has a problem with Keanu. And so whatever class it was, I guess it's sort of math or out, whatever. And he goes in there, and you're right. Like, he just he, he puts up a big fight, a big show, trying to look like the cool kid, the tough guy in front of the whole class. Yeah, the teacher's all like, you're 45 minutes late. And Keanu's like, 48 minutes, sir. 
and the whole class laughs because that <laughs> is the pinnacle of comedy. And before he storms out, he's like, I got the best excuse in the world for being late, and it certainly is. <laughs> I've had just about enough from you. Now, either you tell me why you're late, or you go explain yourself in the principal's office. It's none of your business why I'm late. Oh, yes, it is my business. I have a collection of my own. It's called Lame Brain Excuses. And you're the leading contributor. So let's hear it. You want an excuse? I have a great excuse. I can't wait. I was in court because I got busted for a B&E. How's that for a great excuse? Wait a minute, mister. Hey, did I say you can leave? No! Well, come back here! That's when he quit school. Yes, over a test. I think he said later the teacher just wouldn't stop bragging on him, man. You know, everything's a hassle to young Keanu. Cops are hassling him, his mom's hassling him, the teacher hassles him. The point is, I'm a hassle to you, right? You're a hassle to yourself. You think I want any more hassles? But everything's a hassle, man, everything. No one can get off his back, man. <laughs> starting to feel well, for the kid a little bit. <laughs> That's a subplot that I think is part of the uh, lost deleted scenes. Like it was this actually was beat... down to 30 minutes from 88 minutes. Right. It was it was a feature length film and they were going to air it on Canadian television. And they finally decided, you know what? Fuck it. We're just going to air it as a special. Well, More they like, just cut uh, it down to the Keanu storyline and that's all we get. Because so. he's pretty much in every scene or he's the focus of every scene that he's not in. Right. Mm -hmm. That, you know, the only time he's really not on screen is when his mom is with the landlord or his mom is with the judge, and all they're talking about is him. So, like, this is just 100% him. No other characters really matter in the slightest. It's just, it's all about Keanu all the time. What is up with the old man who lives down the hall? That character was crazy. He basically represents the senior society and how he thinks young kids are ruining st it reminded me of a clockwork orange vibe when you, you know of the bum where he's like oh you teenagers are good for nothing are you still gonna tell me it wasn't you broke into my place last month that's right it wasn't me uh breaking into an old man's place like that i'll bet if i'd been home you would have killed me just for that hey, do me a favor okay leave me alone you damn punk kids they're just projecting everything onto Keanu, and Keanu is supposed to personify all the teenagers, I suppose. But this guy is, like, really laying it on thick and yelling at them, and it was all kinds of scary and crazy and confusing to me. <laughs> and I was just like, this is nuts, man. It's kind of intense. Like, there's, there's a history there, but it's not well laid out enough or well defined enough or, you know, well backstoried enough for us to really know. I guess we're just supposed to assume that Keanu's been, like, a thorn in this building's side, right? That he's always getting into trouble. Maybe he and his friends are making lots of noise, pissing off all the residents. And this old man, stereotypically grouchy and cranky anyway, he's just had enough as, en like enough, as enough. He's had enough with Keanu. He's going to call him out on it. And that the landlord's tired of him. This guy's tired of him. I think the building just sort of sees him as this pest. And we don't really get a sense of the rest of the building. But it seems like Keanu's kind of the only kid who lives in this building. It seems like that. But there's something called a budget. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously that. But I mean, you know, you could you could do even with like a minimal budget, you could still show more. As far as we can see, there's four people who live in this building. 
and they all hate Keanu. <laughs> Even his mom turns against him at some point. And the landlord is like, I'll let you stay if you kick your son out. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Everyone's really coming down hard on him. He's, they're basically giving him no choice. She does that because he has to run away from home. They need that part of the story to explain everything. So it's a dramatic purpose. The best part of the story, too. The runaway sequence is just fantastic. But Oh, it, <laughs> it's... The runaway sequence is basically a Death Wish sequel without the action. But before that, what I found interesting was he gets released and he's walking the streets and he's back with his friends and his friends want to rob an old lady. And he, he's like, no. I was like, whoa, look at this. Okay, starting to reform. We're getting some arc here. You know, he wants to change maybe. And then he just gets fingered during the crime anyway and blamed and caught. And, and it's like, oh, gosh, can't catch a break. He's going down no matter what happens. That leads to him getting the, the power bracelet from his friends, okay? And then the <laughs> idea was like he wants to return that to the old lady, but his mom doesn't believe him. So it's like, what could he do? He's got to run away. Can we can we talk about the mom for a minute? Because like the, the focus of this whole thing is Keanu, obviously, and he's sort of being thrown into some uncomfortable situations, and he's sort of putting himself in these situations. But he also he's running into some bad luck. But this mom, her only crime really is that she has this delinquent son, right? Her boss is pissed at her. The judge is sort of mad at her. The judge is putting like a lot of pressure on the mom. The landlord is mad at her. She's behind on her rent. She just cannot catch a break from any man in her life. <laughs> like She is being let down on all sides. Keanu is the star here, and Keanu is the problem, and he's leading to her you know, issues or whatever, but it's, it's just tough. It's brutal. Like she is, Her life is sad. Yeah, I mean, she clocks 50 hours a week at Tim Hortons. She uh, has a delinquent son. She's behind on the rent with a landlord who would be the worst landlord you've ever had, no matter what age you are, because that dude becomes the villain in the last three minutes. But <laughs> I do want to I do want to blame the mother for something for all of her financial woes. OK, is that despite the fact that she has all this debt and she's trying to save her son she somehow gets a better haircut when she's unemployed <laughs> <laughs> i didn't notice that it's amazing that's part of the government welfare i suppose and <laughs> she paid for it with food stamps maybe just like marcia clark and oj that we're all you know now obsessed with oj once again we see her her haircut dilemmas <laughs> 80s 90s haircuts it's, yeah. it's, it's important it's it's a big deal yeah. well you're definitely right about this mom even when keanu misses his court date she has to put up an extra grand right because he doesn't yep. show so she's got to sell the car and that definitely got to cut into the rent as well and stuff so yeah she is just heavy burden for her now remember it's a thousand in Canadian dollars in 1985, which is a lot weaker than American dollars in 85. So it's, are you saying it's not much? It's not as much, the Canadian dollar, at least then. I think the Canadian dollar is a little stronger now than the American dollar. But in 1985, a Canadian dollar was a lot than the American so it's dollar. not a lot of money, but it's still, you know, for a single mom who is just working paycheck to paycheck, having to pay an extra thousand dollars out of nowhere is not cool. And then being a couple months behind on her rent's not good and having her landlord. I mean, it's just she 
whether it's a whether it's a, you know a thousand dollars or five hundred dollars or whatever, it's 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 a lot of money for absolutely. Her. I'm just saying that it's sure. not as much as an American dollar. They don't have Reaganomics in <laughs> Canada. What I think is kind of funny is that throughout the entire short film or whatever we want to call it, Keanu keeps promising he's going to send his mom money, but never at any point does he actually do anything to try to earn money, let alone for her or even for himself. Like, he kind of just hangs out with his friends. He goes online at that, like, homeless shelter or the place to get cheap or free food. Like, there's nothing, there's no effort made. So is he just, like, flat out lying to her? Yeah, right? He just wants to sound like none of this bothers him and he's a big man and like he can just take care of himself but we gotta talk about this hitchhiking sequence right like (laughs) his mom smacks him in the face right and he screams he's gone for good and i'm writing down this is heavy stuff you just want me out of here so you can keep this dump go on get out see how you like it out there on your own if i go i'm gone for good god And the next thing, it cuts to him hitchhiking with some of the best music. And this music is insane, first of all. I just have to say, the music is full-on 80s rock. This guy, I had to write his name down, Howard Foreman, because it's the only thing he ever did. It sounds like he wanted to (laughs) be part of ZZ Top or something. It's insane. And during the hitchhike sequence, it makes hitchhiking look awesome. (laughs) I was getting really excited at this. I was like, look at the 80s in Canada. You could totally hitch anywhere you wanted. Yeah, it's only 320 kilometers to Montreal. (laughs) (laughs) And I must say that it gives you the good idea of hitchhiking, which then if you watch The Hitcher right after this, and no, not the fucking remake, the original with Rutger Hauer, you will have the opposite opinion. But then again, hitchhiking in Canada is probably a lot nicer than hitchhiking in Earth. Oh, it's all maple syrup and it's, and, you know, in Mounties and... And vampires. I mean, wait a minute. Who was that guy, like, hanging out on the street with him? He, I think he goes to Toronto and visits, like, a homeless shelter. But then he's kind of hanging on the street and some kid comes up and asks if he wants to make some money. And Keanu's like, yeah, sure. And this dude looks like The Walking Dead to me. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought thought they were delving into a male prostitution subplot. And I was going to be like, whoa, that's way too much, buddy. I don't know why we're going there. Like, he's going to sell his body? That ain't fun. But then I remembered it's Canada. There's not as many perverts in Canada if we're (laughs) learned from the friendliness of the people despite their aggravation. Although, Canada not too far from Alaska, as we learned in The Frozen Ground, you know, ho-ro, live and kicking in the 80s. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there is a chance for prostitution on the Great White North. So, let's not, let's not count out Keanu's future as a potential male prostitute in this world. Although, I can tell you that according to a friend of mine, the strip club age is a flat 18 in Montreal. So, he could definitely have hit those up. I'll tell you what I was kind of shocked to see make an appearance in in this part was a firearm, an actual gun. I don't boost with anybody dumb enough to carry a piece. Man, you don't talk, you don't boost. What the hell do you do? It's a damn good question. Later. And then Keanu's like, I'm out of here. Hitches back. 
I was like, whoa. Yeah, because he says he's not going to, he won't do any boosts if they have a gun. Like, he doesn't mind robbing people, but he doesn't want to rob anybody using a gun, which I guess is sort of like a good moral line to have. And I guess that's sort of the final straw that he's not able to make it up the streets of Toronto, the mean, mean streets of Toronto. And so he returns home and he sort of gets home and like everything's kind of better, right? Like the bracelet that his mom finds that was pissed off about, she returns it to the woman. Yep. The woman believes that Keanu wants to return it to her. The mom's like, and I do too. And then they go to the judge and the judge is like, you know, I like that you're a stand-up guy. I like that you come back and talk to me. You know, I want to make sure that you keep doing good things, but I can be really lenient on you. And then he's like, hey, mom, everything's going great. Like, we should buy some lotto tickets. Dude. And they're like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> it's Portocol New Orleans all over again. Then, like, you know, we have all this, like, happiness. We have this closure. We have this positivity. And then it all gets turned again because the landlord sees him come in and storms right up and says, you give me your decision by 5 o'clock because i got to get out of here early. Basically, kick Keanu out, or you get out too, because you owe three months' rent. Keanu's like, I'll just get out of here. And then he leaves, and then it ends. Like, it's it's so weird. But it does not end before he throws up the John Bender victory fist. It's very true. To his mom, who's sort of throwing it up in return to him from the apartment. It feels complete to me. Like, it feels like Keanu has arced. He started this movie in one place and he's ending it as a different sort of person. He is okay that he's not allowed to stay there and that the landlord isn't pissing him off anymore, you know? He's ready to take responsibility for himself and that's why he leaves. I really don't know. (laughs) I also want to make a special note of the end credits in the cast. Uh, Not only is Keanu Reeves a major cast member but there was a special appearance by max the wonder dog was there a dog in this there was very briefly but he got the special appearance credit which is important hmm. i'm sure that was in his rider or his contract or whatever yeah that, you know there's, there's nobody else important like if you look on imdb all the people listed for this movie pretty much have no pictures like they're all just canadian actors who kind of one and done so if you know max the wonder dog if he's got the most pull behind, behind Keanu and behind Diana Belshaw, who plays Keanu's mom, you know, go for you, Mike the Wonder Dog. Like, nail it. Kill it. Yeah, but then Max the Wonder Dog didn't get Point Break or any of those movies. He didn't get to have the fame. That now, do Keanu we know that had. for sure? We'll find out if he ever returns and <laughs> co-stars with Keanu again. That's for sure. Very good point. And that's pretty much one step away. Uh, Mike Flynn, was there anything else in your notes that you didn't mention that you wanted to make sure that we, we covered before we signed off? There's a part, I think he says this about the landlord, but okay. I can't do, I could do like adult Keanu Reeves, but I'm not sure if I can pull off the Keanu Reeves that's 19 years old. But he's sort of like, I'd like to kick his face in. I'd like to kick his face in, just for the way he talks to you. Yeah, it's true. Very true. Very angry, young, rebellious Keanu. I think that was, I was, I think it was a pretty decent teenage Keanu. Yeah, very very passable. Very passable. But yeah, that's a, he's, he's angry, but I think it's also justified, because that guy's just not nice to him. He's not nice. Mike Manns, anything else you want to cover before we sign off? Just that this was kind of a weird one, you know, a little... <laughs> 
a half hour after school special. I, I guess Letting Go was sort of like a lifetime movie. So it's <laughs> we're in that wheelhouse still. This kind of reminded me of HBO used to have this show called Life Stories, Family in Crisis. I was and, going okay. to mention that. I was, yeah, right? Yeah. It feels like one of those. Yeah. That even starred young people who are now very famous, such as I remember, Batman Ben Affleck. Really? He but, was in but, one about steroid abuse. Interesting. Uh, the one I have seen that I saw in my driver's ed class in my sophomore year of high school had Sam Rockwell as a guy who I think he commits a hit and run while drunk. I had a real sort of nostalgia kick out of this with Keanu as a teenage dropout runaway punk rock hoodlum i mean come on you can't really you know i can't ask for more than that not in a half hour i thought it was <laughs> i thought it was very entertaining as you could tell i want i want there to be a longer version <laughs> somewhere at some point but uh take what i could get it's locked in a vault with the with the day the clown cried and the uh the three-hour version of the breakfast club where rick moranis <laughs> played the janitor yeah, but at least if you want to see this, you can see it on YouTube. It's in its entirety for as far as we can tell. It's split over two clips. One step ahead, Keanu Reeves. Just search it on YouTube and you can find it. So thank you, Mike Flynn, for joining us. You're one of our first guests, and you'll be back for a couple episodes real soon. Uh, a couple actual, like, uh, maybe studio movies. Who knows? We will find out soon enough. And it was an absolute pleasure talking with you guys. So for all things Keanu Club, you can go to cageclub.me or facebook.com slash cageclub, and you can find all past podcasts, what's coming up next, all things Keanu at both those two places. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manson. And that was Mike Flynn, and we'll see you next time on Keanu Club. I want any more hassles.